Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, how's it going? Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Tuesday, December 27th. Is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, concert listings. They talk about pot every now and again and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y, and now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky. We're calling this Liar, Liar Tuesday, and here's why. Before I tell you why I'm calling it Liar, Liar Tuesday, let me explain my situation, which I've kept a secret from my distinguished guest and producer, Dennis. So I flew to Cali last week to spend the holidays with my family. All my whole family lives in Cali these days. Flew in. I got out just ahead. I went in a blizzard that hit Chicago. I think it's like a blizzard cane or something or blizznado. I don't know what they call it, but it was like a little bit of snow with howling winds. And so it's like people couldn't see. Planes couldn't fly. We were like, oh, my God, are we going to be stuck overnight over here? Uh Uh-uh. That, air, that airplane got out, flew us to Cali, we landed. I was like taking off my jacket, walking down the street, feeling really good about myself, going, ha, Chicago, you are cold. I'm not. 24 hours later, I come down with COVID. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Damn, dude. <laughs> I know, I go to Cali. Uh. You know, I, I, I've been keeping it. I didn't want to tell you this, D, because I wanted the surprise. <laughs> And that's, you know what, you get cocky in this world, ladies and gentlemen, you start thinking you're better than everybody else. That's nature's way of saying, step back, son. You think you're so bold. I'll give you COVID. Now let's see you go enjoying that California weather. Never missed a show for illness, D. I'm like uh, Cal Ripken. This, I said, everybody was my kids, my wife. You know, are you going to do this? I go, yes. I cut a deal with Greg Pratt. I'm going to honor that deal I cut with him. I am not missing a show. I'm playing in pain, okay, baby? I'm Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm not this new breed of NBA players with the load management. I play with a twisted ankle, all right? Let's do it. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, if my voice breaks, if I start painfully coughing, I I think I figured out how to turn the sound down. Oh, you figured out the cough (laughs) button all the way in Cali? Dude, you have really come a long way. So I apologize. Uh, but let me tell you why I call Liar Liar. And I don't know if Greg Pratt, who's my guest, Chicago Tribune, a City Hall reporter, knows has seen this movie. But one of the few benefits of having COVID is I have a lot of downtime. And so I have been binging uh, a, a Hulu TV series called The Dropout. And special shout out to Amanda Seyfried. Brilliant acting job. Oh. She plays Elizabeth Holmes. Have you, heard her? Have you seen the show? The, I watched it all. Yeah, it's really good. Unbelievable. Great acting. And, okay, so, folks, I don't think we've actually talked about Elizabeth Holmes that much in this show, just maybe in passing, but uh, she was the CEO of Theranos, which is essentially a company that promised that from one drop of blood that prick your finger, 
you know, you're allowed to prick your finger deep, but you can't finger your prick. Anyway, from okay. one, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. It's the COVID talking. Uh, anyway, so they prick your finger and that one little drop of blood, they can run a hundred tests. That was the promise. Uh, and it, it was all a lie. All they did was lie, lie, lie. They, the machines that were supposed to test the blood didn't work. They were making up results. They were bullying employees into uh, changing the results. One guy actually committed suicide because he was so afraid of being outed. Uh, and uh, it was just this culture, this cult-like culture of obsession with Elizabeth Holmes as the leader. And it's like when I saw this show, and again, it could have been the COVID talking, I had this like like this vision of where we're going as a society. And it's not a good place we're going, ladies and gentlemen. Like this love we have for people who we like we who lie we just want to believe their lies we love them so much we believe anything they tell them i see this in the business world more and more i'm an obsessive reader of the business page as i say in the show many times so i follow the ups and downs of the business community and it's like the obsession 10 years ago uh with uh, steve jobs the obsession currently with elon musk the exception uh, obsession with elizabeth holmes people venerate these tech leaders turn them into gurus and gods and they take advantage of us so in the show it tells the story of how it all fell apart eventually i don't want to give too much of it away although again this this is based on real events which we talked about she got a nine-year sentence she's going to go to prison in about five months uh so, but there's like ins and outs that you may want to have the show reveal. But anyway, uh, at one point, George Schultz, now that's a name a lot of you millennials might not know. George Schultz, uh, who was the uh, former Secretary of State in the Reagan administration, gets hooked up and is brought on to be the um, on the board of Theranos. And through him, they bring in other uh, well-known old guys. And they all fall in love with Elizabeth Holmes. It's really weird and twisted. They believe whatever BS she gives them. And it's so twisted and diabolical and evil that George Schultz gets a job at Theranos for his grandson, Tyler. Tyler becomes a whistleblower, revealing secrets about how she's lying and they're making all this stuff up. And George Schultz believes Elizabeth Holmes over his own grandson. This stuff is true. She sued. George Schultz's grandson, put George Schultz's grandson and father, George Schultz's direct descendants through living hell. And he stood with her. Folks, that's twisted. That's really freaking twisted. I've been thinking about it a lot lately here as I sit in, in my gilded palace, my gilded cage of this Airbnb with the COVID. Because one thing Gregory Pratt writes about a lot at the Tribune is how are public officials say one thing publicly and say other things privately with their tweets? As we all know, Gregory Pratt's obsessively following uh, Lori Lightfoot's tweets uh, the way I obsessively follow the dropout and or the bulls or anything else I obsessively follow. And so it's just like this disconnect between what our leaders say they're doing and what they're actually doing, what they say they believe and what they actually believe. And we've kind of internalized it. We've sort of like, in my humble opinion, we just accept it. Oh, well, everybody lies. So we're supposed to put up with it. I'm like, I don't know. Again, it could be the COVID. But folks, as we leave 2022 and end into 2023, shouldn't we be a little better? Shouldn't we just be a little more honest about absolutely everything? 
There's so much dishonesty, in my humble opinion, with this mayoral campaign that's unfolding in the city of Chicago. Like who got in, when and why, who talked to who, when and why. We'll get into that with Gregory Pratt. But uh, I urge everybody, if you haven't already, uh, check out The Dropout. Fascinating story about corporate intrigue. And by the way, we spend so much time talking about the public sector. Gregory Pratt and myself. I have all guests, people come on. I did have Manny Ramos come in and talk about FTX last week. So maybe we'll do more private sector stuff. But there is so much cheating in the private sector. And essentially the way they get around it is they pay a huge fine to the SEC or whatever federal entity has sued them. And I guess that's what, like, the cost of business, they just absorb, pass on to the shareholders. And then they just go about their merry way. They sign these deals where they don't admit anything wrong, even though something wrong happened. How does that happen? So very bizarre world we're living in. Liar, liar, Tuesday. All right, without further ado, bring on a dear friend of the show, Gregory Pratt. Welcome back, Gregory. Thanks for having me. And I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody I write about tells the truth 24-7, 365. Okay, let me read the top. All right, since you went there. I'm going to go to Greg Pratt's top of his Twitter page. And I want to just say this. Uh, he, ch- I think you might have been chiding me. Uh, you wrote a tweet the other day. If, even if I wasn't on your mind, um, you, I was probably at the back of your mind. All right, let me set this up. So I'm going to go right into this. So Greg wrote a tweet about December 11th, which I have, I've, <laughs> I have milked this tweet like a cow. I wrote a newsletter about it. I did countless countless monologues on this podcast about it uh when i was in la my uh, youngest daughter and i we put a little video out about it uh we had fun with that i don't know greg if you saw that i think i said it to your i saw it yeah (laughs) that was uh, a shout out to my daughter for that uh and so here is the tweet and everybody all listeners know what i'm talking about because i read this tweet all the freaking time this tweet came out december 11th from gregory pratt and it goes quote I was at a party with relatively normal, i.e. not super political people, and they really like Mayor Lightfoot's video game delivers commercial. Make of that what you will. My favorite part of it is the last sentence, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Make of that what you will. So since Greg put that in there, I have made of it what I will. (laughs) Now I have, okay, so for people who are listening for the first time, uh, this is the commercial where two dolts are sitting around playing video games on a beautiful day and one dolt says mayor Lori lightfoot hasn't delivered and the other one says what are you talking about she's delivered great things and the next thing you know mayor Lori lightfoot shows up delivering a pizza and i think it shows the lowest esteem you could possibly show for voters uh, essentially the subtext is you're idiots just believe whatever we tell you and go vote for Lori or don't vote at all uh, and uh, the fact that people at the party who are relatively normal uh, like it doesn't make me feel particularly optimistic about the future of democracy in Chicago. So you asked me to make up that what you will. That's what I made of it. What do you make of it, Greg? Well, I think, first of all, that it makes you relatively abnormal that you didn't like the ad. I think that... Uh, um, when Lightfoot does the delivers, that ad, that idea is meant to uh, deal with the most serious issue, which is crime, 
uh, and the fact that she has a bad argument on that, which is crime is worse than when she came into office. Is it her fault? Uh, is it not her fault? Irrelevant. It's worse. And, and as far as the voters go, there's not a lot she can say to that. So she's trying to put her best foot forward by blaming it on some amorphous uh, they that took over, be, that, that were there before she was. And she's trying to use humor. And I think a lot of people like the humor. But I also heard from people, uh, not at the party, but in other spaces, that they think that the humor just isn't appropriate for the subject. And so, so it's an interesting ad, but I like, uh, you know, I like to point out that the people I hang out with are relatively normal or relatively abnormal, you know, but the, uh, I think, I think it's interesting the way that, uh, she's trying to sell herself because she's trying everything she possibly can. You know, she's got pizza, she's got video games. She's, um, uh, everybody loves uh, her mother, right? So she's running an ad with her mom now. Uh, you know, pretty soon she'll have the fuzzy sweater. You know, it's all over the place. Uh, that's the Rom fuzzy sweater, the infamous fuzzy. Wasn't it Rom? Yeah, Rom with the fuzzy sweater. Uh, I've always felt the fuzzy sweater, by the way, uh, got far too much credit for Rom's 2015 victory over Chewy Garcia. I thought Barack Obama's endorsement uh, was far more significant in that race. And they should talk about the fuzzy endorsement uh, more than the fuzzy sweater. Um, so do you, when you say, when you use that word relatively normal uh, and the people at that party that you've discovered, uh, are you saying that those people were more likely to vote for Lori Lightfoot in your humble opinion because of the commercial or was it just they got a kick out of the commercial uh, it, but it did not indicate who they were going to vote for. I think uh, they still didn't like her. They still have issues with her. You know, the the mayor is deeply underwater with um, most demographics in the city. Um, but they were inclined to hear her out a little more. And I think, you know, at this point, that's a win. It's not a good enough win, but it's a win for, for Mayor Lightfoot. But I don't think anybody saw that and said, yeah, she's, oh, I'm, I'm not upset anymore with the way the city is running and with the way the mayor handles herself. They were just like, you know, it's funny. It's entertaining. It caught my attention. And, uh, you know, whether or not that's good enough to counter uh, everything else she's got going on, who knows? But it, uh, I, I wouldn't be thrilled with that return on investment if I was them right now. And uh, so right now, uh, as we're closing out uh, 2022, heading into 2023, the relatively normal people, this is the line I usually use, uh, Gregory, will probably not start paying attention to the election until it gets later and later. Um, I, I want to say after the Super Bowl which is the first Sunday in February. Uh, you and I will be obsessing over this thing, and the listeners of this show are pretty much political junkies. They will be obsessing over this. Uh, but the relatively normal, in quotes, people won't uh, be following it. So how do you see the election now at this stage where it's mostly the political junkies just following it as opposed to where it could go after Super Bowl? Well, uh, if the election is now Chewy Garcia as the mayor, if the election is now um, 
uh, and it's just the first round, it might be Chewy versus Vallis in a runoff. Uh, elections are not um, won right now, though. But Lori has, uh, Mayor Lightfoot has a major problem, which is who is her base and who rides with her. And if, uh, and if, uh, she can't get um, enough black people to stay with her and not go with Willie Wilson. You know, Willie gets uh, Willie has always gotten ten percent of the black vote. Um, if she if she can't or she ten percent of the vote and all of it is is on the south and west sides. If she if he's taken ten percent, I'm deeply concerned. If I'm her, and I think that she is very concerned about that, which is why she's putting up these signs on the south and west sides that say. Willie Wilson's a MAGA Republican, vote for a true Democrat, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And, you know, it's interesting on that note because uh, Willie Wilson's political appeal is strictly biographical. It's about a self-made man who did things his own way, got a seventh grade education. Uh, the way he tells it, he walked off the plantation straight to Chicago, mopped floors and made himself into a multimillionaire. And people have uh, said, oh, well, he's a Republican, this and that. And, um, and you know, his voters didn't care. Now, nobody was actually spending money to, to spread that. So I'm very curious, uh, you know, when we talk about the immo immovable force meeting the, the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object, Willie Wilson's popularity with his 10% of voters versus some money being put into the Republican stuff is actually pretty interesting, and I, I don't really know how that'll go. I mean, I, I do think Dr. Wilson's appeal is is personal, and it has, you know, I think uh, I think it's just outside of normal politics, but it is interesting. I, I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, about Willie Wilson and, and his mayoral campaign. Willie Wilson has run for many offices since he emerged in 2015. I believe that the overwhelming majority of people in the city of Chicago had never heard of Willie Wilson until he ran in 2015. And um, I understand he had a core following uh, among church going people uh, who watched his show or were aware of his personal story. I understand that, but that's a very small minority uh, in the city of Chicago. Uh, he has never been treated. Rom immediately moved to kick him off the ballot then backed off in 2015 because he didn't want the backlash of looking like he was picking on a black man. Uh, so since then, he's been largely ignored uh, by the front runners, if you will, like, you know, in 2019 as well, uh, sort of in the hopes that, well, he'll get what he gets, but if I ignore him, uh, I won't, I could just pretend he doesn't exist and I can win that first round without him. I get the feeling that what you just described with those billboards uh, could be the start of a significant change, not just from uh, Lori, but from Chewy Garcia uh, or Brandon Johnson's, you know, or Cam Buckner, if they're all in the race, to take seriously a Willie Wilson uh, challenge and tell voters exactly who they are voting for when they vote for him. Your thoughts? I think that's right. And, and it's just different now, you know, Lori Lightfoot, um, can't rely on uh, lakefront liberals on the white north side to um, to carry her like they did last time. So she needs to do something. 
Uh, if I'm Brandon Johnson, Brandon's got to slug it out with Chewy Garcia for progressives. Uh, he has uh, he represents parts of the West Side, so he's got that. But he's got to worry about Willie. And um, I think Chewy has less to worry about when it comes to Willie in this particular go around. Uh, but um, and Vallis probably has less to worry about, although uh, Willie Wilson is spending significant money on Polish radio. And, uh, you know, and is it it's not necessarily the biggest voting group, but it's substantial. And if you get a bunch of old, uh, older white uh, Polish voters. Uh, that's how you get the 14 Ford Ed Burke reelected in 2019. So you know it, it's not a it's not inconsequential. The thing about Willie, because uh, I've been out campaigning with him, I've I've uh, not with him but covering him. Uh, although me, him, and Lori Lightfoot in 2019 went stepping uh, once late at night at a, on the far south side, but. Um, but we were, uh, we were, um, Willie events aren't real campaign events. Like he doesn't do a traditional speech. He shows up, he prays, he, he talks a little, and then he kind of moves on, you know? So it's a very, it's just, it's just, it's just an incredible thing to watch. And this time they have to take him seriously. Uh, by the way, you were stepping. I never heard this story. You know how to step? I <laughs> no, I, I do not, but I can uh, I can attempt to imitate what people do while I'm holding my notebook and enjoying a good night out. But it was a, a one of the weirdest, uh, but but fun nights covering a campaign. Do you remember the song? Uh, I remember a lot of Isley Brothers, but I don't remember what song uh, when it was. Uh, uh, you know, Doctor Wilson and. Lori Lightfoot were dancing on the dance floor and then a lady came up to dance with me. And then like the four of us were just in a little circle. That is what, wait. So Lori, what a moment only in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot was actually dancing with Willie Wilson. Yeah. And uh, Willie, um, and it, it's one of the interesting things where um, Mayor Lightfoot won, right. And she won by such an overwhelming margin that I, I, um, one of the things I hear from people is that she felt that she didn't need anybody to help her. And that may have been true. She might've beat Tony Preckwinkle without anybody helping her, but Willie did help her. I mean, he took her to churches in the mornings on Sundays and he would take her to uh, stepping clubs and, and supper clubs and these old um, groups of, of older African-American people and and he helped her a lot, and you know she threw him away like he was nothing. Yeah, she did. And see, uh, actually, I believe uh, that is uh, significant of a larger problem that Lori Lightfoot has, politically speaking, uh, a lack of loyalty or appreciation or gratitude toward people. Uh, and it's really pr profound. It, it, one thing I've learned about living in Chicago after forty years: loyalty is valued in this city. It's not always practiced, that's for sure. But it's at least people uh, give lip service to the concept of loyalty. And the fact that Willie Wilson uh, was talking about not getting phone calls re returned uh, like a month after the election, as I recall, reading the articles, Greg, I believe that was really an, a, re a revealing insight into how Lori Lightfoot behaves. She, she absolutely should have returned every phone call he ever made to him. She should have showed appreciation to him for what he did for her. Uh, I, 
I think the 75% went to her head, particularly in the case of Willie Wilson. Uh, and you could also argue with that blistering takedown she had at the city council uh, in her inaugural address. Your thoughts? I, th I think it's right. I think it's an astonishing thing. And I, I tweeted about this. Bloomberg had a really good uh, story about, um, and I know that we'll both lose a certain amount of street cred, uh, quoting Bloomberg, but it's a it's a very good article about business execs. And there's a guy, Craig Tukasis, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's he's a big Republican donor. He gave her 50000 last time. Uh, she called him a couple months ago and asked him for money, and he says that he told her, no, you're well-meaning but ineffective. And he gave a bunch of money to Paul Vallis. And he was complaining, and other people in business have complained to me, that they didn't hear from her for three years, and now she's running for re-election and wants their help. And that's just not the way a relationship works. And so um, so I do think that that there is a, there are some substantive uh, relationship-building issues that Mayor Lightfoot has. And, you know, I love to uh, – I found a, a lane that no other reporter has gone at, which is the mayor's text messages and what they show – with people and some of the exchanges that get attention are the funny ones or the or the wild ones right like yelling at the governor hey your staff sucks uh which is unproductive right but um you also can see there is not very much um how are you what's going on can we talk whereas uh, Rahm Emanuel would just be constantly uh, texting people and, and you can think Rob's an SOB and, and, uh, and you're, you're right actually, but the guy is, uh, the guy would text 45 of the 50 aldermen on a regular basis. What's going on? What can I help you with? What are you thinking about? What's on your mind? And the mayor doesn't have anything like that in her relationship or in her vocabulary. Yeah. By the way, uh, so many tangents to go off, off what you said. Number one, uh, I urge all listeners to read a business newspaper. I can't, I, there is no street cred to be gained by being ignorant of capitalism. We live in a capitalist society, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what business section you read. It could be the Wall Street Journal. It could be the Chicago Tribune. It could be, well, it's on, my beloved Bright One doesn't really have much of a business section anymore. Uh, for that matter, the Tribune doesn't that have much. The New York Times, whatever. Whatever you want to read. Blue, you, if you want to know how the world works, uh, Greg Pratt, you gotta, you cannot be ignorant of what goes on in a business section. We are in a capitalist society. Uh, and the other thing, I have to say this, Greg does more than tweet, okay? I thought he was going to say this up front. So I make jokes all the time about it. I read this in Greg Pratt's Twitter page. But I think you made a point the other day. May have been aimed at me. I don't know. Maybe subliminal. Okay. Hey guys, it's okay that you like my Twitter page, but I write articles and read the articles as well. So, uh, well put and, uh, duly noted. Um, I, let's move on, uh, to Chewy Garcia. Uh, you said something at the top that I wrote down that if the election today, he might be mayor. Uh, did I understand that correctly? That there are some polls right now that you've seen that you, uh, respect that have him winning out without a runoff is that correct no no i was i was just speaking about if if uh you know if it was a, a straight up election uh but i think today he beats everybody in a one-on-one -on -one, and today he beats uh he leads the field in a in the primary too so what has changed regarding chewy garcia between when he first ran in 2015 and now 
Well, you know, he's um, he's developed a relationship, uh, not a relate. Well, he's a, developed relationships with people all over the city, but he's, um, you know, he learned the lesson, uh, or at least has tried to learn the lesson of of people thinking that he's just a nice man, right? That can't run the city. I think that he he has worked on that. He's he's um, brought home some things from Congress, right? And he he just developed himself as an elder statesman of Chicago. And he's coming in and he's saying, um, I can run the city. I can lead the city. You know, you have this, this person over there who is always in a fight with people. And I'll finish a fight, but I'm here to lead. I'm here to build bridges. And he just has that stature of so many people after he, he lost the ROM. And let's be clear, he lost the ROM. Uh nevertheless came out of there thinking of him as a folk hero. They were grateful that somebody was willing to take on the baton from Karen Lewis. You know, Tony Preckwinkle didn't take on that baton. Chewy Garcia did. And so, um, so there were lingering good feelings. Uh, his stature is much higher as a congressman than it ever was as a Cook County commissioner. And he's just learned some lessons there and has positioned himself pretty smartly. The thing, uh, the thing that, um, you know, he also, he has room to grow. He also has room to get beat up. You know, if he didn't learn, if he didn't, I think that uh, Congressman Garcia and his campaign understand that he lost against Rom for a lot of reasons, uh, one of which is that um, they made him seem unqualified and unprepared. Lori Lightfoot's going to go to the same playbook. He's a political insider who cannot lead the city. And um, they can still he can still be beat with a playbook like that, you know. Whether I think they're smart enough, they've learned. It's been eight years, uh, but this is not a uh, this is not a done deal. Like um, Brandon Johnson, Sophia King, Cam Buckner, Paul Vallis should go home. That's not the case, you know. I mean, there's this this race is wide open, and Lori shouldn't go home either, you know. Although she has a bigger problem. So what? has to change for those uh, candidates that you just listed, Sophia, Brandon, and Cam Buckner, uh, to make them relevant come the Super Bowl and then the final two weeks? Well, uh, Brandon is in, and I have a story coming uh, probably in, maybe in Sunday's paper later this week. So that's a preview about the underdogs in this race. And by this point in 2019, Lori Lightfoot was nothing in the race. And she still kept campaigning hard. So with the the lesser known candidates, and I really think about Johnson, Buckner, and King as the lesser known candidate, as the uh, underdog candidates that could break out and catch fire. They have to campaign hard. Uh, they have to put themselves in position to um, get the ball if somebody fumbles it or if somebody throws it away. Johnson's in the best position because he has much more money than the other two. Uh, Sophia King's. Fundraising has been um, surprisingly lackluster because she knows a lot of heavy heavy hitters and high rollers. Yeah. Um, and so does Buckner. Uh, and they all need some money, but they all just need to find a way to differentiate themselves. And that's, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you, you have to run your race and sometimes a thunderbolt comes down and it kills everybody else, which is what happened in 2019 for Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, sometimes it comes down and, and you run on it and you don't get shocked. 
So it's very interesting. All right. I'm going to lay out my theory for you about uh, the lefties problems with chewing and get your response. Um, I've said this on the show. I've not written this. Uh, so it's sort of formulating in my mind. So here it is. Karen Lewis, the great Karen Lewis, shout out Karen, uh, essentially lifted Chewy Garcia off the scrap heat, uh, as was once said about Scotty Skiles and the Bulls. Uh, he was largely forgotten, except for re relatively abnormal uh, political junkies who follow this stuff obsessively, like you and myself. Uh, and she made him a household name among lefty circle in lefty circles in Chicago. And that name has only grown, not just in the left, but with Hispanics, to the point where his not his endorsement could make the difference in a race. So uh, uh, I saw Delia Ramirez made a big difference when he came out for her. He joined forces with Bernie Sanders to uh, endorse uh, Jonathan Jackson for Congress. You know, there's several races like that. Um, now, because he was so late getting in the race, the left went with Brandon. The CTU went with Brandon. So now they're in this position of trying to convince lefties that the guy that they have been boasting about for eight years, seven years, almost eight years, is somehow damaged goods. And that may be too much, too quick for, quote, unquote, relatively normal voters. And I'm not even being facetious about dimwits who like that commercial. I'm saying that <laughs> it's asking a lot of people to flip that quickly about a human being that only, what was it, a month ago, Greg, was being standing next to Bernie Sanders as a great Bernie man in Chicago. I feel that's very challenging uh, message to get across. Uh, your thoughts on this? Well, uh, broadly, I was talking to somebody about Mayor Lightfoot, and they said that, uh, you know, Mayor Lightfoot has a tough uh, dynamic because she has to change minds. She doesn't – they'd rather be in a position of like a Sophia King or a Brandon Johnson of people um, don't know you, and that means that's a greater opportunity than changing their mind. And the same is flipped for Chewy, where you have to convince people who already like him that they don't like him. And that is a major challenge. I would guess that the best case scenario for um, Commissioner Johnson against Congressman Garcia is um, a generational thing like a Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, where it's not scorched earth, Hillary Clinton is the devil, and uh, things like that. But I have some new energy, and and you do the comparison. Now, Chewy Garcia is not Hillary Clinton, and Brandon Johnson is not Barack Obama, but that's the that's the general idea. I'm not sure um, that the way for Johnson or King or Buckner to beat Garcia is to convince people that he's Satan, because I'm not sure that I'm not sure you can get there. I'm not sure, you know if you have Rahm Emanuel money. Uh, maybe, but it's you don't have Rahm Emanuel money. So it's a very interesting thing. But I think uh, the generational contrast can be a thing. But again, you know, Chuy Garcia is a far more effective, likable political persona than Hillary Clinton ever was. Yeah. No, I, I've made this point in the show. I was stunned. Uh, I have a few friends, a heavy emphasis on the word few, of the MAGA uh, persuasion. And uh, they stunned me, Greg, when they told me 
they were leaning chewy. I, I'm like, what? He's a pretty guy. And they just said, I think he's honest. I don't know. It was just these in, uh, intangibles that they he had going for him, uh, which maybe his pollsters are picking up on that as well. Uh, it could be that folks think it's his time or that he's just reached that stature that I talk about so much in the show. Like he is somebody now, you know what I mean? He's chewy. Uh, and Chicago loves, you know what I'm saying? When you transcend, he's a uh, first name guy. Yeah. Like it's not even his first name. It's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the Latino nickname for Jesus. And so, um, which I don't, uh, you know, I think people call him chewy and they don't really know what that is, but it's the, it's what you call somebody named Jesus. Yeah, having said all that, I just want to say one more time, Jesus Chewy Garcia, I've been with you since 1983, and you stood me up at that forum. I haven't quite got over that yet, okay? I kind of got over it, but you stood me up, okay? Uh, Greg Pratt was there that night at the Copernicus Center. Hey, let me ask you about that. Uh, yeah, Chewy uh, chickened out. He was in Congress, and Lori like, but you know, she she's not going to show up and get pounded. So what did you think of how the other candidates did? Uh, what, what did you sense about like where they were going with their campaigns from how they answered the, the same basic questions about crime uh, and budgeting? Well, I think uh, Johnson clearly has a strong understanding that he needs to differentiate himself from folks. I think he was the only one who took direct jabs at people who were present. You know, he made a funny comment about, Willie's taxes. He made a funny uh, um, jab at Vallis. Uh, he kind of left Vallis uh, dumbstruck for a moment. Uh, and then everybody else was playing um, go after Chewy and go after the mayor. And I thought um, people generally uh, presented themselves well, although these, these things are um, – you don't really get a strong sense for these until you've attended them a bunch of them you know i probably attended like 50 last time and uh it was uh you know i asked Mayor lightfoot about it. that may be an exaggeration she said she attended 60 about 60 last time i'm not quite sure if it was that many but it was it was dozens and and i would go and you would listen for for little shifts and for little uh things and johnson um you know and johnson also comes from the ctu which is a very strong messaging place right they're always going to uh have a voice and distinguish themselves from from anybody else so so that was interesting um but you also you also it's too too soon to tell i think people are owning their messages yeah uh all right uh we're going to close down with this uh wild card i'm going to throw at you uh it occurred to me and again it could be the covid speaking as I said, I binged uh, and watched uh, the dropout. Have you seen the dropout yet? No. no. Have you, are you familiar with the story about Elizabeth yep. Holmes? Uh, and when I was watching the dropout, this proves that you can never completely get me away from Chicago politics. Uh, I really started thinking about how much Rahm Emanuel has in common with Elizabeth Holmes and the <laughs> their drive uh it and willfulness and ability to look you straight in the eye and tell you something that you know is not completely true but they're gonna just their their power of their being is just gonna assert itself 
Uh, it can get you far in this world. I'm watching it happen on a lower level. I'm not sure. I don't know if you follow New York politics. Greg, I follow I am such a junkie. I follow New York politics. So I'm following George Santos, the newly elected congressman and the problems he's facing. I don't know if you've been, we've been talking about that on the show. He's the guy who pretty much made up an entire biography. And now he's trying to talk his way out of it by saying, okay, that was a lie. Perhaps maybe I misspoke there. I didn't say it exactly. The way. He implied that he was Jewish. He goes, I didn't mean I was Jewish. I meant I was Jewish, like black ish, which is <laughs> wow. I don't even really know where to go with that. Uh, so this ability just to just keep moving forward regarding whatever obstacle is thrown in your way and to immediately come up with a strategy to get you from A to B in the hopes that eventually when you're at B, people will forget about A, and then you can move on to C, and you've progressed. That is a strength that Rahm Emanuel has. I may have written him off after Laquan McDonald, uh, I kind of believe after watching this uh, this movie and thinking about the similarities between him and Elon Musk uh, and Elizabeth Holmes, that he has a future uh, in uh, electoral politics. You covered him. Your thoughts? I don't think so. I don't think he can get elected again, but I think he can get appointed to high-level positions, and he did. He's the ambassador to Japan, but he's, uh, uh, I, I, you know, who knows what the future holds in four years, but I doubt it. I don't think he could win a statewide election. I think that, um, I think he's washed, but you know, the, the thing about Rahm Emanuel is that guy works hard and he never stops and he goes at it. And if, uh, um, if every, if every politician that you like and admire had the same drive, uh, they they would be in different places, even the really successful ones, because that guy has an insane drive. Uh, it's like the, um, I was gonna call him the Michael Jordan of drive in politics, and that's that's a little too much. But but he does have a he has an insane drive, and I, I respect that. I like people who have drive. You know, there's there's uh you know uh people like um me and you who maybe we get up at 8 a.m. or something, right? You know, uh, it's not that bad for me. It's probably not that bad for you, but you get my point. 8 a.m. is early for me. Are you kidding me? 8 a.m.? <clears throat> Come on, man. <laughs> I love a good 10 o'clock uh, or 11 o'clock wake up. Of course, I'm still up at 4. Uh, no, to your point about Rom, I remember, uh, I think, I don't, I don't remember who dug out his these emails of his, it could have been you. I can't remember. My apology to whichever reporter did it. It could have been a bunch of reporters. Cause remember when the LaCroix McDonald uh, uh, video emerged, everybody was seeking his emails. Anyway, he was sending out emails while the um, Cubs were making their way to the world series. And I think it was, he was sending out articles he wrote, which he didn't really write, but somebody put the, his name on him or whatever. And he was sending them, mass mailing them to people what's your thoughts on this what's your thoughts on this and and david axelrod wrote him back going, dude do you ever stop you, the cups are like it, it's the eighth inning they, you know what i mean and i was like yeah this guy's insane uh so all right we'll close with you um uh why don't you promote anything you want or great articles that you've written there was a great article in the tribune 
uh, about the 33rd Ward race that I just read, Rosanna Rodriguez. Uh, man, the politics of the Mel Bunch up there uh, on the north side never ends. Uh, well, so go ahead. It's interesting because Iris Martinez, um, she helped the Ariel Reboyers beat the Gutierrez machine and the and and Chuy Garcia's group too. There were all the Latinos in town abandoned Ariel for Jessica Gutierrez and they beat them. And Ariel got a lot of help from Iris. And then Iris, of course, beat the Preckwinkle machine uh, when she beat Cabernardi. Uh, she had um, less success in 2022 in this this election cycle, and now she's trying to take out Rosanna. Uh, but you know, there there is definitely a new machine, and it's it's very interesting to watch. And obviously, um, Rosanna Rodriguez is a pretty beloved figurehead of the of the progressive left in Chicago these days. So that's going to be quite the fight. Uh, I always encourage people to pay for local media. You should get a membership to the tribute to the reader. You should get a membership in Black Club, and you should pay for the Chicago Tribune or the Sun Times. Ideally, both. But if you um, if you're not paying for one form of local media that you consume at least, um, you know that's wrong. And most people. Uh, most people can afford one. Not everyone can, and that's that's okay. Like, truly can't. But, you know, um, I don't want to be one of these old guys dissing on people's Starbucks orders. But for a Starbucks order, you can you can subs- excuse me, subscribe to most of these pol- publications. No, and I'll close it. Uh, I'm with you 100%. I'll close it where I began it. Uh, so, again, I urge everybody to watch uh, The Dropout because it's very uh, enlightening. Uh, about corporate behavior, uh, corporate piracy, I should say. Uh, But the story came out because of a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, And it was a very difficult and challenging story to put together this tale of cheating and lying uh, in which while he was putting it together, Greg, uh, the uh, Elizabeth Holman and her allies were sabotaging his efforts. Imagine this in real life time. You're doing a story about some politician in Chicago. And while you're doing the story, they're calling sources and the sources are backing away from you. They intimidate the sources into saying, you can't use my name. I'll say it's a lie, this kind of thing. Uh, and finally it got to the point where he kept pursuing it. This reporter for the wall street journal that Elizabeth Holmes felt compelled to go to Rupert Murdoch, who was an investor in uh, Theranos. And she thought that would seal the deal because he would want to protect his investment. And he made a strategic decision, Rupert Murdoch. I'm sure it was a business decision. I'm sure he has no love uh, for the truth uh, that it would hurt his brand if it would be if he used his influence to kill this story in the, in the Wall Street Journal. That whatever investment he had in Theranos wasn't worth the loss of credibility that would. Uh, hammer Wall Street Journal, and he backed off. He says, I, can't, I don't get involved in that, which, of course, we all know is probably not true. Uh, but he didn't, and the story ran. So that's my long-winded way of saying, you know, newspapers, like, they have a function in this world. It, it, with all their limitations, they're, it's like what we got. Every day I read, like, five of them just to see, you know, what's the latest I realize it's relatively abnormal to use the theme of the day. Uh, on the other hand, we'd be lost without them. So that's my pitch uh, to you as I close down this one. 
even if you don't like the bosses of a particular newspaper, and I don't particularly like the bosses of the Tribune. Of course, I didn't like the old bosses, so nothing new there, Greg. Uh, well, I don't so- like them either, and I uh, I revel in calling them goons. Well, you know, uh, thank God for unions. Uh, that's about all I got to say. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Greg, for making time. Was there any breaking news that you got before we leave from? No. Okay. Uh, so who knows? Uh, we, uh, Rod Sawyer, Alderman Rod Sawyer, by the time this show airs, the morning may be breaking news, but he was going to have a press conference today. Uh, the ongoing tactics, we talk about it all the time on the show, uh, about kicking people off the ballot or, or continuing. Uh, Ricky Hendon dropped his case against Jamal Green. Uh, Rick, yeah, but he's continuing against Rod Sawyer. And Ricky was on the show a couple of weeks ago. If you want to hear the interview, feel free. It was a wild one. Uh, by the way, to your point, Ricky kept hammering when he was on the show how well Willie Wilson was doing with Polish voters. He is going after the MAGA vote in this town, Greg. No doubt in my mind. Willie Wilson is going after the Paul Vallis vote. He thinks he can win that Paul Vallis vote. Which He may be, if, he may be right. What a coalition. The black vote and the MAGA vote electing Willie Wilson. <laughs> Brain just blew. The MAGA vote, the black vote, and the Jarofsky vote. <laughs> I don't know so, if I'm quite there yet. That's the, <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I do uh, like Willie and I'm, Ricky Hendon's an old, an old pal of mine going way, way back. Uh, all right, Greg, thank you very much. Uh, stay well. Stay away from COVID. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your holidays, all right? Yeah, stay well, brother. All right, very good. That's a great Greg Pratt. Also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. Somehow or other, I got through this, D. The record, the streak continues. Never missed a show because of an illness. Uh, so uh, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. <laughs>